Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Post in Black, where we celebrate Black excellence behind the lens. My name is David Hunter Jr., and I'm thrilled to be your host today. On today's episode, we have with us multi-award winning supervising sound designer and re-recording mixer, Ken L. Johnson. Ken, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Hi, David. Hi. How you doing, man? I'm doing um, really good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm really glad to be here, man. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, yes. No, it's it's an honor to have you. We're thrilled to have you. And as a custom to Post in Black, we always like to start with an icebreaker. So if you had an opportunity to tell us what is one problem that you think technology is going to change uh, or fix for us in the next 20 years, what do you think a problem that we have currently that technology is going to change and eradicate mainly? Well, what I'm most excited about in my industry is the development of, of an AI process that will allow us to take one person and make them sound like anyone else. Mm. So that would solve a myriad of problems. Say, for instance, an actor was unavailable for some particular reason to come back in and redo some lines, whether it be voiceover or ADR. So we could have anyone speak those lines and get those inflections and that tonality and sound exactly like that person. And I think we're on the cusp of developing that um, and making that a reality. So I'm very excited about yeah. that. I think that's really dope. I have a question though. As a voiceover actor, would mm -hmm. I still get paid for that job if somebody else did my work? If I couldn't make it, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. That's funny. I mean, I, I'm sure yeah. that there'll be some compensation <laughs> because you, you can't just go around using people's voices without them getting. Yeah, I was like, I, I want to yeah. make sure I get. The, you know, in college, your in, money. in sports, they got the NIL, the name, image, and likeness. I, I we need uh -huh. to do that. I need to talk to SAG after. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now I'm that's sure you great. won't be alone. Yeah, it won't be long for sure. Well, Ken, no, it's an honor to have you. Really appreciate you joining us. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, we already kind of broke the ice, but if you wouldn't mind telling the people a little bit more about yourself, where you're from, what it is you do. Okay. Well, as you know, my name's Ken Ken L. Johnson. Yeah. Um, my family originally were uh, from Pritchard, Alabama, which is a suburb of Mobile. We moved here. Well, my mother moved us here actually. Uh, when we were very small mm -hmm. uh, to L.A. And um, so I grew up here for the most part. Yeah. Um, went to school here. Uh, we lived in uh, Watts, which is sort of like what many people consider the hood, right? Yeah. yeah. And we lived in the projects and, you know, grew up there in, in gang-infested uh, areas and actually, you know, was a gang-affiliated for a while mm -hmm. um, until one day I decided that, um, I wanted to change my life, right? I, I, my friends were getting shot and going to prison, and I, I certainly didn't want to go in that direction. So, at that point, I decided that I, I needed to find a new, a new outlet, right? Yeah. So I, I moved out of the projects, uh, and I went and lived with with my mother at that time. This was a few years later. Uh, she had also, you know, moved out. So I went to live with her, and I decided at that point I wanted to be a musician, mm. right? So you know what? I like music, so I, I want to be a musician, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So, I decided, so I thought about it. I said, well, what would I like to play? So I decided I wanted to be a bass player. So I you know, learned how to play the bass and you know, did some tours and world travel uh, playing with people. No one uh, really that you guys would know, but mm -hmm. at least I got to travel abroad and, and do a lot of stuff. Um, the, after that, I decided I liked the technical aspects of sound. Yeah. Uh, of music in particular. So I became a, 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 rec um, a recording engineer. Mm. And I worked in a lot of local studios here as a, as a first recording engineer. 
and uh, got a little frustrated with how my career was going. And at that point, I, I thought about uh, film and television. Unfortunately, I had a sister and brother uh, who were already in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to them and asked them whether, whether or not they used the same equipment uh, that we use in music. Yeah. And they said, yeah, they did. So they introduced me uh, to a gentleman by the name of J.R. Delane, who at that point was a senior VP at a company called Todd A.O. And uh, he gave me my first opportunity. It took me three years before they gave me a job okay. of coming in on my own, practicing. Uh, even though I probably was good enough after a year, yeah. uh, it still took me an additional two years before they finally opened the door. Okay. And uh, that's, that was my start. Wow. Wow. You mentioned you mentioned so much in there and I appreciate you sharing, you know, a couple of things stood out to me. You said, you know, I, I, I got into music and I did some traveling, you know, nothing that we would know. But you were good enough to go on tour and travel. And that says mm-hmm. a lot about your skill set. That says a lot about who you are. So I know I know you were jamming. What instruments did you play? What were you doing? I, I was a bass, a bass, bass player. Bass OK. OK. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I like awesome. the bottom of the music, you know, I, oh, yeah. I, nah. I gravitated towards that low end. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's all right. And then you talked about obviously uh, moving to L.A., but being very young and then growing up in Watts. And one of one of my best friends is actually from Watts. When I first moved mm-hmm. to L.A., grew up out there. So mm-hmm. I know good things come uh, from from that area for sure. Um, mm-hmm. You talk about obviously the opportunity, Tadeo, getting your start. But what was the mm-hmm. bridge? Obviously, what was it about? Um, you know, playing and then hearing and saying, I want to work on the techno side. What was that change, that shift that got you to think that way? Because a lot of times people aren't even thinking that. Well, you know, I think what happened was, um, you know, as a musician, you know, you know, certainly we played a lot of live gigs, but we also went into the recording studio yeah. to develop our own music. Right. And and I think when I went in there and I saw the lights and the buttons and, and I watched yeah. the guy and I was like, this is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that intrigued me and, and caught my attention. Yeah. And I was like, well, I think I think I'd like to, you know, see what that's about. So that was what was the impetus for my deciding to kind of go into the more technical aspects of it. That would, that would the reason why I asked that too. Sometimes musicians more so they definitely are on are knowledgeable of the technical, but usually sometimes mm-hmm. there's aspirations to be more in front. So when you right. said, oh, I like that part. I like putting the putting the pieces together, putting the puzzle together. I was wondering what intrigued you most about that. Now you've gone off tour, you're behind the scenes. You said it took you a couple of years before you got your first gig. What was it like when you were on the training ground? You know what I mean? What was it when you're in there? Because now you're in in a in an actual office with these people. What are you learning? What are they teaching you on on every day? Okay. So first the first thing that happened was uh they brought me in for this weekend class, right? Okay. And so I took this weekend class and then they had us take a test. Right. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the test, you know, they told me I really wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, but I only been here for like two days. I didn't even know what I was doing, yeah. you know. So. So I went back to the guy who I was telling you about, Jr. And I said, yeah. well, this is what happened. They told me to go get some experience. And, you know, they because they don't hire inexperienced people. And I, you know, and I wasn't. I didn't pass the test. Right, right. Right. And he said, no, no, no. He said, we're not doing that. He said, go back down there and tell him I said to have you do this, which was for me to sort of shadow someone. Okay. Right. So I, at that point, you know, I was working in the studio, so I had a regular gig. But after that, I would go uh, to Todd A.O. at night. 
wow. and sit with the guy and just watch him occasionally ask some questions. Wow. And then, then on the weekend, they would give me like what they call training reels. So it was like maybe it's a few scenes, mm-hmm. right? And I would cut like sound effects because because I originally came in wanting to be a mixer. Okay. But I was told that I can't just walk in the door and be a mixer. I have to kind of come up. Yeah. That position. So they were they offered me a, a few things. They said, well, you can either do dialogue editing mm-hmm. or you can do sound effects editing. So I said, you know what? I think sound effects is, would be a better fit for me because it's sort of it, it's kind of musical in a way to me. The way that I look at it, right? It, it's like textures, right? right? Of different sounds to to make this soundscape, right? right. So I, I gravitated towards that. And so I started doing that. And uh, you know, I would sit with him, I'd come in on the weekend and I would train. Wow. How long were you how long were you at uh Tide Yo? Once you started, you know, it was your third year that you got, you know, finally became, you know, and graduated to that level. How long were you there afterwards? Ooh. Uh man. Maybe ten years. Wow. Okay. What was the first show that you got to work on that, you know, you finally got to, you know, get your hands together and dive in and say, all right, this is mine. I'm, I'm real. I'm here. Well, it gave, well, it was funny. I get a call, right? Yeah. Uh, and they say, look, we got a show for you. So we, it need to be done in a week. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I'm a little nervous yeah, now, yeah, right? Like, well, we, okay. Like, well, what show is it? And they go, well, it's Melrose Place. Wow. Right. So that was my very first show. Wow. And that's and if people don't re- people don't remember Melrose Place was jumping. That that's yeah. you know that Fox was uh, really killing it at that time with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a huge show. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I had a week to get it done and uh you know I I was you know I was nervous at first. Yeah. You know it's like, man, you know, cuz now I'm I'm not practicing anymore. No, it's for real. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm in here for real, right? Yeah. And uh, so that was that was the beginning. Okay. Well, I mean, was it was it was there anything like obviously you're nervous, but the the results obviously you ended up being there ten years. It wasn't like all right, we gotta get this guy out of here. No, no. I you know, I was you know I, I I felt like I was ready. Okay. I mean, I had I had so much training, and I'd done this for three years, so I I knew, but you know, I knew I had the skill set, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To do it. But anytime, like, even on this interview, I'm nervous on the interview. So yeah. anytime I'm sort of, like, thrust into a new thing, there's, there's jitters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. So so I was a little jittery. And I, I remember this one time when um, everything crashed. Like, you know, the computer crashed. And so the show was happening, like, the next day. Yeah. And that was probably the scariest moment of my career because, I almost took my keys and set them on the desk and left. I was just so, I was like, there's no way that I can recreate all of this stuff mm-hmm. in this short amount of time. Yeah, right. I, I just can't do it. They're going to fire me. So I might as well just leave now. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But, but, I, but, but I stuck it out. I went and talked to a couple of people who were nice enough to kind of help me figure some things out. Yeah. You know, uh, and I, I managed to get it done. I stayed up all night. Mm-hmm. And got it done, and yeah. you know, I, I think that was really instrumental in, in in me being confident as well. Oh, you know, yeah, be able to pull that feet off. Yeah, it was, it was you know, the whole show and recreated in one day. It's, it's pretty, yeah, it's a lot. and then you you look back at those moments sometimes, and you're like, 
man, if I got through that, okay, this this is the skill set that I learned, or this is the the strength that I learned, or you know, whatever the discipline, the, the perseverance that I learned in this situation mm-hmm. to help me keep going. Um, one thing I want to touch on a little bit. You said you had you know a brother and a sister that were already in the industry. What mm-hmm. positions did they have? Because sometimes when we we're talking about posting black, we're talking about black people getting into entertainment and not really having mentors or not really having the door, not really knowing how to navigate. So what facets were they working in? And then was there anybody like you once you got in the door? You know what I mean? They might have been in a different field. But was there anybody that you could look up to to say, oh, OK, this is what I need to go after? OK, so they, well, first of all, my sister at that particular time when I when I decided to enter this industry. Mm-hmm. She was a VP of feature production wow. at Universal. Okay. Gotcha. Right. Uh, she's probably, I think probably the first black female. I was say there's not many, there's not many in that position. Yeah. 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 My brother was, was then and still is a first assistant director. Mm. Right. Um, but my sister was the one that actually connected the dots for me. You know, although to, to kind of go back to regress a little bit, my brother, was trying to help me because I was trying to figure my path, right? Mm-hmm. So I also did some production um, work, right? Yeah. I, I worked as a as a second boom and a cable guy on on some physical production. Yeah, but I realized that I didn't really I liked it, but I didn't like the hours. But, yeah, right? yeah. Hours yeah. were a little bit long, and you know I had just had a baby, and uh, they were talking about going out of town. And, you know, and, and there was too much temptation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I said, you know, I, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay in this office behind this desk hey. and this computer. No, you know, know that. Know thyself. Know thyself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. So I decided to not go into, um, you know, production recording and to mm-hmm. go into, uh, you know, post post. Um, post-production right got you got you that's awesome and then when when you got into the building your, your sister connected the dots now mm-hmm. you're in that field and you you know you have a little bit of a backing you have somebody in your family but there may be pressure that you want to actually live up to like okay my sister put me in a you know recommending me for this i got to deliver but was there anybody black working in post so you could look to as a mentor to say okay they're doing it i can do it, it was you know that's another hurdle that you may have to fight too mentally like now i got to prove myself and there's nobody even here that looks like me. Right. That was one other, um, uh, you know, uh, black person, black male. Yeah. Uh, and and but I rarely saw him. He didn't work a lot. Mm-hmm. He was a dialogue editor. Okay. Um, you know, and, and we were we were good. I mean, we didn't bond. Yeah. Right. It was like you know he did his thing and I you do your thing. We yeah. said hey and I did my thing. You know, most of my support really came from, you know, long hair. It was this long hair, the guy named Richard, right? He had long hair. He's like a, um, you know, like a surfer kind of dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was he was really uh, very helpful to me. Mm-hmm. And we're still friends. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah. I, 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 believe, I believe the post, uh, the post world part of entertainment is probably the closest group I've seen uh, working in it, you know, I, I would look at my brother and, and if again, a lot of people listen to our podcast, they watch, I came into the industry as an actor. My brother was in post. He still is connected to a lot of his mentors. Uh, mm-hmm. his, his first teacher at a school that's now, uh, not, not exist anymore, but video symphony in Burbank. We oh, were yeah. Out there. yeah. You know, video. Sym- yeah. So he was mm-hmm. out there in 08 and we were there. His, his teacher, Victoria Sampson, much love to her. Yes. I know her, you know, Victoria. So that was I my brother's it. teacher. 
she gave oh, me okay. my she gave me my first voiceover job. She really? said she said I heard you came to L.A. and you're an actor. I said yeah. She said well you're non-union. I said yeah. So she put me in a commercial, um, uh-huh. and then she said you do voiceovers and had me record a couple specs. And it's those opportunities that just like said. But she still communicates with us to this day. And I noticed from acting a lot of times you know actors want. <laughs> we need and so it's not mm-hmm. like giving but in the post world you could reach out to somebody even my brother's me- uh, mentor uh Terilyn mm-hmm. email her know terry. Terry. yeah no terry he emails her and and right away she's like oh yeah sure daniel what you need and i'm like i'm just blown away by the love the camaraderie um mm-hmm. the support that's in that field and so i always i know it's not always black people that are helping out but it's it's interesting to just ask that question and kind of see what everybody's journey is you know. right. Yeah, no, speaking of Terry, I, yeah, I, you know, she's, I worked with her on, on uh, Biker Boys. I supervised Biker Boys. Yeah, okay. Um, and she was the editor on that. And we, were, and we were actually both on the Inclusion and Diversity Committee of the Motion Picture Editors Guild. Yeah, well. yeah. She's, she's cool. Yeah, my, that was my brother's first mentor when he was out here. He hit her up when she was on Jumping a Broom and then it just took off from there. Um, but yeah, no. So you you talked about that. Now you've done you've done your time, and you put in you put in a lot of time ten years. Mm-hmm. But there's there, there's probably this itch, there's a desire for more, and obviously you have your own company now. Is this where artistry and sound took off, or was there another job that kind of led you out and and said, okay, thank you, Tade, I'm going to jump and fly on my own wings now. Well, well, I'll tell you how kind of what happened, man. It was. Mm-hmm. I was at I was at Tadeo, and like I told you earlier, I wanted to be a mixer. That was right. really originally what I came in to be. And I remember one day, we're in the break room, and I'm I'm talking to this white guy, and I go, you know, I really want to be a mixer, and he he tells me he says, well, you'll never be a mixer here. Hmm. And I go, why? And he said, because you don't fit the mold. Wow. What did he What right. did he mean? What did, What did he mean by that? You know, he I, mean, meant, I wasn't. He meant I wasn't a part of the old boys club because at that particular time, yeah, you know, you they yeah. you knew who they were, right, right. Sure. I mean, they they stuck together. They hired. They brought in people that you know look like them and mm-hmm. you know fit their mold, right, right. And and so I, I was like, nah, I don't believe that, right. So mm-hmm. I, I wasn't. I said I'm not accepting that. But but it really turned out to be kind of true. I never got an opportunity at that company. Wow. And so as a result of that, you know, um, then I actually, they kind of went under, you know, in a sense and, and got bought out by another company. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what they did was move me over to a place called, um, they called it Tadeo. Um, it was, a, it was a, what was it called? Uh, Tadeo Burbank. Right. Tadeo Burbank. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I worked there for a while. You know, and I kept wanting to, you know, I wanted, I like two things. I like supervising and I like mixing. Oh, right. Right. And I just wasn't getting opportunities. Right. And I ended up going to Sound Deluxe, which was a feature film, primarily feature film mm-hmm. place where I did Last Samurai and Fast and Furious, stuff like that I worked on right over there. So again, I, I wasn't given the opportunity to do what I really wanted to do, mm-hmm. what I aspired to do. Right. And so as a result of that, I, I started thinking, I was like, well, nobody's really letting me do what I, what I really want to do. And I, I know I'm qualified to do it. So I, I decided to start my own company in my garage. Right. Wow. So I started my company in garage, you know, garage in 2005. Mm-hmm. And I started 
mixing independent and low budget projects. Mm. And I just kept doing them and just doing them, right? Just honing my craft. Right. Right. And so with it being with being my student my student garage studio, I could do I could be the supervisor, I could be the mixer, <laughs> I could be all of that, right? Everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> and, and so so that's what I did. And and I developed my own company and it, it was small and it was yeah. just really me at that time. And um but you build, you know, you're building your you're building your your name, you're building your like mm-hmm. kind of database, getting getting your product out there. Was it was mm-hmm. it was it easy? Because I think too, you have some relationships established from all the years at Tadeo where you're able to like kind of pick on those, let people know, or was it just like a brand, a clean slate of everything? You just had to kind of start mm-hmm. fresh. Yeah, it was kind of a kind of a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Um in, in a sense. What happened was uh in two thousand and eight, I got a call to be um to be an editor on yeah. a show called um, Leverage, which yeah. is a TNT show. Yeah. No, no, no. Right. So I went in, they wanted a sound designer, actually. So I had to do like a, a test. They sent me this test, right? Mm-hmm. So I do the test and and the producer who was Dean Devlin, he did Independence Day, The Patriot. Yeah. Um so he he said you know, I want this guy, right? So they called me in, and what he offered me was the ability to have my, to do all the editorial through my own company, mm, right? Wow. So that was the first time I became a union signatory company, right? Wow. So I, I only handled, I was the sound supervisor on that show, and I handled, uh, you know, all of the editorial. They worked for me, right? Wow. So that was my first big, I would consider my first big break in the game. Yeah, right. That's great. Yeah. That is really awesome. I mean, to get a show like that and you're handling on everything. And and that being your first show, if people haven't noticed, you know, if you're listening to this episode or you're watching right now, you have to go to Artistry and Sound, go to the website because just combing through, looking at the, the screenshots of all the posters of all the different films and shows you worked on, obviously things have kind of worked out for you uh, in, in a way where it's been success. Um, what, what is that like? What does that journey feel like um, to kind of like take a risk on yourself in a garage and now you have this slate and you're, you're like a known, uh, you know, in the industry and, and have, you know, multi-award winning, you know, uh, uh, credits for yourself. How did, how does that feel? How has that journey been like? Man, you know, at times it's been difficult, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it has also been super rewarding mm. because I would never want personally want to go back and work for anyone else. Wow. Right. I like working for myself. Yes, sir. Right. I like calling my own shots. Right. Yes, sir. Um, because I don't like people in control of, of my, my destiny. Mm. You know, I want to control that. So, so I'm in control of that for the most part. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, you still got to have those relationships and stuff like that uh, to survive. But, you know, it, it's nothing like it for me, man. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's, it's been really a, a great experience. I've developed some, some good relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, finally, my company is starting to do major stuff. Like I did a lot of t- I was kind of like the BET guy. For, for a number of years, right? Yeah. Which I love BET and yeah, you know, for, the, for the people, for the culture, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I, I like that, you know, 
Uh, but, you know, now I'm doing Disney, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, you know, so. That's a that's a great point that you bring up, though, because we hear that from some of the people we interview of wanting to be seen as an editor, wanting to be seen as a re-recording mixer, a sound designer, mm -hmm. just general, not not the BET, BET guy, not not right. like just only, you know, we have that's all I do. You know, mm -hmm. all, all I do is, oh, let's get Ken and everything you work on is like all black. It's like it's the desire to want to work for your people, but also say, hey, I can cut I can cut that DiCaprio film. You know what I mean, mm -hmm. I can work on the Meryl Street. And right. have, now that you're in a position of, of having some power, having some influence, what are some things that you feel like you may have been able to do in terms of maybe hiring or you know, throwing some advice, throwing opportunity to the way of other young black people, or what advice are you giving, you know, to to people who are coming up behind you that now that you're in front, you can kind of see, you know, like, hey, let's go this route or go this way. Well, for me, my company is is, is very diverse, um, mm -hmm. and and I'm really big on giving back, right? Mm -hmm. Because I understand how difficult it is, mm -hmm. right? Because I've you know I've been through it. Right. So I have several young African-American uh, people in my company. Mm -hmm. Right. But I mean, I also have, you know, other, I have a, you know, one of the guy who mixes with me is Chinese. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my creative partners is a white guy, but you know, the majority of us are, you know, African-American. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and they're young and I'm teaching them and I'm trying to, to bring them up and get them credits and, and get them opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, that otherwise they may not get because even though even with my success and and there's a couple there's a few of us I mean I, maybe I can name five right yeah. people in, that do various jobs in this industry on the level that I, I'm talking about right which is like maybe the A and B level right right and C A B C right so uh. It's it's still it's still different difficult for us and and when I look at you know the scenery I don't really see a lot of young African Americans on the come up right right Mo most of the people who are there have been there a long time is you know? and I jump in real quick is that is that because they don't know about the industry or just because it's just not an interest in it do you feel. I think I think I think more people know about it now than, of course, than when I got in. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, but I still think uh, the prevailing issue a lot of times is 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 people who are in power to hire to mm -hmm. hire people like themselves. Uh, you know. Exactly. Now I, I will say that it is changing somewhat, and I think that the reason it is changing slightly is because now they realize that there's that you know that there's power in having some diversity mm -hmm. because a lot of producers now are, are looking for that. Right. Yeah. So, so there are a few more people working now than previously. And in the past, right? yeah. but not still not a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. Still kind of like the same people, you know, being asked for. Um, and so I'm, so I'm trying to develop my core team mm -hmm. um, and, you know, give them opportunities, give yeah. them credits and, uh, you know, because this is, you know, it's it's a industry based on, well, what have you done lately? Right, right. Right. <laughs> that's right. And so, yeah. I think that's great. And and not, not going to keep you. I mean, there, there's a lot. And I feel like there's so much more we could even talk about. But mm -hmm. if, if you had a if you had a piece of uh, advice that somebody gave you 
that has stuck with you over the time because you know even regardless of having family in the industry regardless of having a great mentor there's still a lot of things that you figure out while you're on the job you know what i mean that 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 one day of having to do an episode melrose place you know in the same day and figure that out what is a piece of advice that has stuck with you that's kind of been something like a driving standard? Like when even when you bump into walls now, you're like, oh, remember that? Man, I think, from, I think okay, it's a couple of things. But I think the, the thing that I would tell people most, because when I got into this industry, I thought that talent alone mm. would get me to the top. Because mm. I knew I was talented. I, and not to, you know. Yeah. I knew that I had a talent for that. And I was like, you know, just being talented, I'm going to, I'm going to reach to the top. And I, and I spent a lot of years uh, thinking that way, mm. you know, just go in, just do my thing and didn't try to interface with nobody. Just do what I do yeah. and let the work speak for itself. Right. Mm. That only gets you so far. Mm. The thing in this industry that I always tell people, there are relationships. Yes. Right. It's all about relationships. You got to be talented. You got to have some skill. Yeah. But but you also have to develop your network, your relationships mm-hmm. of what's going to take you to that next level. Facts. You know, and without that, you know, you could just be floundering. Yeah, that's facts. Um, Ken, is there anything that you're working on right now that we could we could, you know, keep in mind or keep on the radar, you know, coming yeah. up here that we want to yeah. stay in tab with? Well, well, I have a new show that I'm working on called This Fool. Okay. Right? And it's a Hulu half, it's a half hour a Hulu comedy. Oh, that looks funny. That sounds funny. <laughs> and, and what it is, it, it's very, it reminds me of Friday. Okay. But from a Latin perspective. Oh, This Fool. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. And it is hilarious. I mean, it oh, is going, it's a hit, it's a hit, man. Yeah. I will tell everybody who's watching, that's a hit show. Okay. No uh, doubt. You know, it is funny. Every time I watch it, no matter how many times I watch it, I'm cracking up. Oh man. You know? I'm excited. So, I'm, excited so, yeah, I'm very excited about that. I'm also getting ready to do Diary of a Wimpy Kid 2, the animated movie for Disney Plus. Yeah. And they also asked me to do the animated uh Night at the Museum, which I'm excited about as well. Ooh. So those are you know, the, my big upcoming projects. I, I got some BT stuff too, but yeah. but, those, but those are my biggest <laughs> projects. <laughs> hey, oh man. Can, can the people keep in contact with you? Keep in tap? Is there anywhere they can find social media or email anything? You know, yeah, not email, yeah right? well, you know, I'm not a, you know, I have a assistant who deals with all this social media for me because yes, I'm, I, you know, I'm kind of busy, so I'm not really focusing in on that a lot. Um, but, but my information is on my website. Mm-hmm. It's www.artistryandsound.com. Yeah. You know, we will be taking some new photos of my new team <laughs> uh, next week. And, uh, right. we're, we're, now, yeah, we're going to see some color. Now, I can't, this, this was a joy. This is exciting. We, I can't wait to watch some of the projects that you have going on and we may have to do a part two with you, but this was, this was a joy. So thank you again for joining us on today's episode. You're very welcome, my man. Yeah, yeah. And for those for of you, no, any problem. And for those of you joining in and watching and listening, thank you again for listening to another episode of Post and Black. We invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms at postandblack.com. And until next time, make sure you stay black always. Mm-hmm.